Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower, and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt, and restored, equipped and empowered, and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Amen. Great to be with you today for another episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Thanksgiving is widely, widely popular in the American culture here in the United States of America. You know, we're, we're based out of the United States of America here. Always a great time. We took last week off as just spending time with family, obviously, uh, for the Thanksgiving season. And, uh, you know, God's just doing so many amazing things. But today, I really want to jump into this understanding that Thanksgiving is more than just one time a year. Amen? It's more than just something that happens once a year. It is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And there are so many people that we see in society today that are so ungrateful. They're not thankful. Maybe even as Christian believers, we see many people in the Christian faith that are supposed to be examples of thanksgiving, examples of the goodness of God. I think that sometimes we come up short in a lot of these areas, and really, we don't have to. We can totally be a people that's thankful. It is a choice. Thanksgiving is a choice. It's a choice you make every day when you wake up in the morning. You're either going to be thankful or you're going to be ungrateful. You're either going to rejoice or you're going to complain. You're either going to be a person of prayer or you're going to be a person of entitlement. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, outlines the general will of God for the believer in Jesus Christ. It says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will for you in Christ Jesus. So we are commanded in Scripture and also empowered by the Holy Spirit to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all things. God said, this is my will for your life. My will for your life. I want us to think about, what am I thankful for? See, if you dwell on negative thoughts, if you dwell on negative news, if you dwell on all these different things, it really doesn't help at all. But when we think about what we're thankful for, when we think about, I've got a relationship with Almighty God, with the maker of heaven and earth. Wow. Wow. I've got salvation and no one and nothing can take that away from me. Wow. I've got a family. Maybe some of us are married. Some of us have children. Wow. I've got so much to be thankful for. I have so much to be thankful for. And here's just a few things that we should be thankful for as far as what Scripture teaches us, okay? We should be thankful 
for the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We should be thankful that he is the bread of life in our life. We should be thankful that he is the light of the world. He is the door, that he is the good shepherd, that he is the resurrection and the life, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the vine. We barely scratch the surface with these, what are called I am statements. When Jesus made these I am statements, just with that, he says, I am the bread of life. John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus said, you can eat regular bread and drink regular water, but I am the eternal bread, and I am the living water. If you come to me, you're, you're going to be full. You're never going to have that, that hole that is not filled again. You're, you're, you're going to be able to be full and complete if you eat of me as the bread of life, as you drink of me as the river of life and as the living water. He said, I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ is the light of the world? Again, we're coming up in this time with our Jewish brothers and sisters, Jewish people celebrate Hanukkah, the festival of lights. This is where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He didn't just say, I am the light of the world, but then he told his disciples, you are the light of the world. Aren't you thankful that you have one living within you if you're a born-again believer that drives out darkness, that wherever you go, the light of Christ shining your light, shining the light of Christ drives out darkness. Light and darkness cannot exist in the same space. Light will always drive out darkness. If you don't believe me, go to a dark room and flip on a light switch. The darkness will run away. It will flee. Glory to God. What else should we be thankful for? Jesus is the door, John 10, 9. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. We should be thankful that we have one that loves us enough to tell us the truth, that there is only one door. There is only one way to come in and receive salvation, to have eternal life. We should be thankful that he is the good shepherd. We should be thankful that we have a, a shepherd that takes care of us, a good shepherd. It says here in John chapter 10, verse 11 through 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my sheep. Another scripture says, my sheep know my voice and they shall not follow another. They shall not follow a stranger. We're to be thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ, he is not a hireling. He doesn't run when there, when there is any trouble. His sheep, when they have issues, he's not running away. He's running to the battle. He's destroying the wolves. He's destroying the works of darkness as we call upon him as the good shepherd. He feeds us. He cares for us. He heals us. We ought to be thankful that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Before Christians were called Christians in Antioch, the New Testament, they were first called followers of what? They were followers of the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. 
He is the truth. He is the only absolute truth. And he is the life. Hallelujah. There's no true life except our life that's found in Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, that emphasis on that he is the only door, that he is the only way. He is not just one of the doors. He is the only door. We should be thankful that Jesus is the true vine. And just the fact that the word true vine is stated in the text means that there are false vines or, or pretenders. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. But in Christ, with Christ, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So he is the vine. He is the one who we live and move and have our being in. Father prunes us, prunes us so that we can produce more fruit. See, any good agriculturist, any good arborist, any good botanist, you know, those who specialize in the fields and study of plants knows that a tree's got to be pruned, a plant's got to be pruned at a certain time. If it's going to continue to have that production of fruit, it's going to continue to be a healthy plant. See, why are plants pruned? Oftentimes it's to prune off dead things. Plants are, there's dead branches or there's a sick branch or whatever the case may be, where if that is not cut off, if that's not pruned off, it could corrupt, it could infect, it could cause detriment to the entire plant. One reason the Lord prunes us is so we remain healthy. Another reason a plant is pruned or a tree is pruned is so it can produce more fruit. And so we want to continually produce fruit and we want to be those who are continually healthy as believers in Jesus Christ. We have to say, Father, prune us. Oh, Father, prune us. What did that say again there? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So Lord, thank you for allowing us to, to bear this fruit. Oh God, thank you for giving your, us your grace and your strength, oh God, and your ability to produce fruit. Now, Lord, prune. Prune my life. Prune the stuff out that doesn't belong. Prune, prune the things that have grown in my life that I don't I don't need their Lord or that they don't belong in me, aren't becoming of a man or woman of God. And finally, we're to be thankful that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Remember in John chapter 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. We just thank God. We thank God just for not just the opportunity to celebrate Thanksgiving every year, but we thank God for his goodness we thank God for his faithfulness. And ultimately, even beyond that, we thank God for who he is. For if we come and thank him and, and want to have anything from him, 
without first worshiping him and enamoring him and it all being about him, or that could become idolatry. We need to be careful about that. A lot of people, oh, I have to just thank God because of this and because of that. And that's great because of the things that he does or what he gives. You know, he gives every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights. We understand all these good and perfect things come from the Lord. But ultimately, we first come to him, not asking for anything, not saying, oh, Lord, this, that, or the other. No, no, no. We come to you, Lord God. We come to you simply and thank you simply because you're worthy of thanksgiving. You created thanksgiving because you rule and reign, Lord. Simply because you're worthy of it, we worship you. Simply because you're worthy of it, we give you thanks and praise. Hallelujah. As Christians, we must be a people that reclaims thanksgiving again. See, thanksgiving has become this time of family and friends and food and maybe football games, all these different things, which is great. But thanksgiving is so much more important than that. The holiday of thanksgiving. We need to reclaim the holidays again. Thanksgiving and, you know, coming up in, in, the, in the near future. Many Christians celebrate what's known as Christmas, okay? Celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And, but even that over the years has become about toys and decorations and all these different things when really everything that we celebrate, every holiday, every feast day, every day must be about Jesus Christ, it must be about Jesus Christ. We've just come through Thanksgiving. I think it's important to acknowledge several things that Thanksgiving has a history to it. You know, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln declared Thanksgiving, and he said this, he said, as a day of Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens, and I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand of God to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Wow. This is what President Lincoln declared during the Civil War, that Thanksgiving wouldn't be just a time of getting around the table with your family and enjoying it, but it would be a time of repentance. It would be a time that potentially could cause these, the fight to cease of the civil war. But we see these things going on right now in, uh, in the Gaza Strip with Israel, with Hamas and Israel retaliating from the gross, terrible things that radical Palestinian terrorists known as Hamas had executed on the people, on innocent people, on families, on little children, on babies. And now we've seen over the course of this month, some of the hostages have been released and both sides, it seems like there's somewhat of a ceasefire in the works and only can just pray for something similar. Even as Lincoln prayed during the Civil War that, Lord, that this would change within the United States of America, in our home nation, 
all the strife and all the fighting with each other and all these different things, could it really be as simple as repenting? Repenting, coming back to Almighty God, coming back to Jesus Christ, coming back to our Judeo-Christian values in our nation, which our nation was founded upon, and truly being a people that gets our eyes off of ourselves and our eyes back on God, back on our family, back on the things that really matter, God and faith and family. In 1789, George Washington, our first president of the states, proclaimed the day of public thanksgiving and thanks to thank God for his protection and as the source of all that is good. In his proclamation, he wrote this, Now therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday the 26th day of November next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him, unto God, our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation. George Washington said, look, guys, it was a miracle how we even became a nation. So we ought to take at least one day as a nation and give thanks to Almighty God, to give thanks to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the beneficent author of all good that was, that is, or that will be. That's another way of saying every good and perfect thing comes from the Father of the heavenly lights, comes from the Lord God Almighty. Amen. The history of Thanksgiving in the United States is often traced back even further than that to 1621 when the Plymouth Colony settlers and the Wampanoag Native American tribe shared a meal celebrating the harvest. Prior to that, prior to the first, really probably the first before the United States of America, before there were states, before any of those things, before we had presidents back in the time of the pilgrims, how did that all happen? Well, there was a group of people over there in England and they were looking for religious freedom and so they, they left Leiden, Holland, they left England and they came over to the New World. There was a colony in Virginia, Jamestown, and they were, they were trying to get there. They were trying to get to the, to the colony in Virginia. But what happened was they got caught in a winter storm in the Northeast sailing from England to Virginia and getting caught in this winter storm, they had to land in Plymouth. Well, this is the story you know, of the Mayflower and the Pilgrims and Plymouth and all these different things that we learned when we were kids and maybe in history class or whatever, what have you. But they were ill-prepared for the Northeast winter that they came in contact with. They looked for this promised land they thought it was going to be so great. They thought, oh, religious freedom and everything's going to be wonderful. The first thing that the promised land became before it was a promised land was a cemetery because as they encountered that cold northeastern winter, 120 people came, but half of them died that winter. They were reduced to 60 people. 60 out of 120. You're talking families came. Parents were burying their children and brothers were helping to bury their sisters and 
I mean, unimaginable pain. They were unprepared. They weren't preparing to winter anywhere. They were preparing to sail right to Virginia. But because of this storm, 60 of them, half of them died in the Northeast. And many people don't think about this. We always highlight the whole fellowship and meals and things like that with the pilgrims and the Wampanoag tribe and beautiful pictures and and things of that nature. But before any of that happened, half of them died. Half of the pilgrims died. And they could have given up. They could have said, you know what? That's it. We're done. It's over. Forget about it. Let's go back. We made a mistake. But the type of people in the infancy of our nation, the type of people that came with that desire from God in mind to make this place a place that would send the gospel all around the world, from religious freedom and that we could be a, a city shining on a hill. Those people had such resolve. They had such resolve. And so we need to understand that we must be people like that. We must be people that are thankful. We must be people that don't act entitled. We must be people like the pilgrims who continued and then that next spring had a bountiful harvest and had fellowship and connection with Native American peoples and the love of God spreading. All these different wonderful things came out of this time of being thankful, of this time of refusing, even when death was all around, even when there was problems, even when it looked like a cemetery. They stayed the course. They continued to follow the Lord. They continued to be a thankful people. And guess where we have right now? The result of that is we've got 50 states here in the United States of America, and we've got missionaries that have gone all over the world to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, which was the original design, the original plan, the original mandate of coming to this new new land, of coming to this promised land, the new world, as it was called. And so we pray as you've been in this holiday season and you and your family have celebrated this time together and looking forward to the, the next holiday season uh, this coming month, we pray that we would all have strongly in our hearts, our minds, everything about us, how important Thanksgiving is, not just as a holiday, but as a lifestyle. Amen. God bless you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord himself give you his peace, his shalom. May you realize more than ever before that you are someone that has an ability to be incredibly thankful every day and it will change your life take care until next time if you'd like to connect with us you can go to our website at www.riverofheaven.org river of heaven ministries is advancing the kingdom of god on earth as it is in heaven through various means in james 127 scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel 
And through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us.